Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Promise, and you're listening to a day of praise morning Bible study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us your Word, Lord, so that we're able to study it, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit, Lord, so that, so that we're able to understand it, Lord, and that it's not just hearing, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. Glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Word in the book of Acts. This morning, we are moving forward, and we're still in chapter 14, but we are going to cover verses 29, excuse me, 19 through 28. So can I get a volunteer to read that section of Scripture, please? I will. All right, Layla. Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. Now when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them, and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Amen. So at this time, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and, of course, to ask any questions that you may have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. In the previous devotional, Dad, you had mentioned um, the idea people have of apostleship is just starting churches, and you mentioned that that wasn't the only thing, and we see a confirmation here of that. Um, they started the church, yes, and then they went back to Lydia and Iconium and Antioch to strengthen the converts. So they didn't just go, here's the word, and expect them to grow and continue without any further um, instruction and just go off to the next place to start a church. Um, they came back and strengthened and did a checkup, if you will, to make sure they were still continuing in, what, in the instruction that they had already been given because we know that... Um, taking a natural thing like going to school you mm -hmm. learn how to add and then as time progresses through the school year you have those um quarter tests quarterlies is what we what we <laughs> called them in elementary school the one that i went to quarterlies 
to check up and make sure that you still understood the fundamentals before you progressed to multiplication or division. So Paul and Barnabas in teaching the word, because this is much more important, they go back and they make sure that they are strong in the fundamentals. Dad, you tell us all the time, how can you build on a foundation that isn't Christ? How can you build on the hundredth floor with no foundation? The answer is you can't. Or any of the other floors, right? Yes. They're all important. Each one helps you get to another level and you're able to, I'll say, build more. But the foundation has to already be built in order to handle the weight of the structure. Exactly. And each floor after that also has to be strong. You can't be, one part of the building can't be weak. Like, okay, you have a strong foundation and a strong first floor. But then when you get to the second, the beams are kind of leaning to the side and they're not how they should if you try to build to the third and the fourth you'll see that the structure starts to um there is an issue and there is a chance that that building will collapse we used to live in virginia and there was a building that they built on the corner and because they didn't make sure that all the floors were lined up the the second floor so you had the first floor the garage and every floor above that was leaning and like peering at the cars over the street because they didn't go back and make sure that they were still true to the line and the building structure. And that happens to us when we don't go back and make sure that we're still tracking with God, still following him closely. We'll find ourselves further off than what we thought. Hmm. And the Lord always sends his Holy Spirit to go, okay, uh, you're doing well in this area, but this area needs to be strengthened. This area needs to be strong. That way you are strong and sound all the way around. And the adversary can't come in through a little uh, foxhole and cause a disturbance in your life and those around you. So they they didn't line up or measure up with the plumb line? Yes. To make sure everything was sound, it was sturdy, and it was all lined up to the chief cornerstone? Yes. Okay. The foundation's Christ. And it also says he's the chief cornerstone. So everything's got to be lined up with him. Right? Yes. So back with the apostles. They take the word of the Lord. They, they don't just start the church, but they take the word of the Lord and make it binding. And now, because of that, structure, as well as the foundation, the foundation and the structure is established for those to move and operate in. But here's the, here's the other part. Why do you think the Lord sent them back? Probably because there were dissensions caused by others that were already trying to keep the word of God from reaching the multitudes. We saw the Jews when they were in the synagogue, they were like, get out of here and causing divisions among the the people so that there wasn't the full harvest of what there should have been because they were stirring up trouble. So now they had to go back and the Lord had to straighten that out, not Paul and Barnabas, but partially correct. Right. One. Our Lord is a, is a God of relationships, first with himself and then with his people. What reason would they have to sever the relationship, especially with those that are continuing in the faith? There should still be, I'll say, continuing contact. It should still remain close. Now, that doesn't mean they always have to remain there, Right? They're yes. to walk with them as long as the Lord has for that to happen. And then he may have assignments for each person to go and do what the Lord wants them to do. 
But rest assured, this is something I'll tell you I have observed and experienced often in the faith. No matter how long that period of time is that you're not in, I'll say, close contact with, as soon as the Lord brings the two people together or the two groups, whatever it is, back together, it's almost like they never left. It's like they just saw each other yesterday. Why? Because of the love for the Lord and the love for his people. If we continue in that, it'll be like, uh, it, it eliminates the time factor, if you will. Yeah, we yes. can acknowledge, okay, man, I haven't seen this person, or I haven't had the opportunity to speak with this person in five years. But then we come back together, what are we talking about? Everything that the Lord is doing. And it's like we never left. Like we just continued, if you will, walking together. So there's that aspect as well. But also with the apostles, they should remain in contact because they helped bring about Christ, the foundation and the structure. Nobody builds a house and then completely walks away from it, right? Yes. There are... I'll say, even even a, a natural home, the the homeowners have to maintain that house, the structural integrity and all those things. And when maintenance isn't done on it, things come out of alignment. There's a cost, right? Yes. So now, that's why Paul later writes, hey, like a wise master builder, I built this, but each one should be careful how he builds on it, right? Yes. So... The Lord entrusted him as the the builder, if you will. Now, we know it's the Lord working in and through Paul. What is happening? He's ensuring that it maintains its integrity, that it maintains the alignment, right, lined up, the yes. plumb line, if you will, measured to Christ, both the foundation and the chief cornerstone. So we, there's that aspect of it as well. Because the Lord did assign them to his care. Now, there was a structure put in place for those that remained there. Yes. To maintain it, right? Yes. But there's still got to be an, an examination, first of ourselves. Are we continuing in alignment, walking in alignment with the Lord? Or are we out of alignment and need to be brought back in? That first comes with us, Right. Yes. We have to do that. We have to make that choice. And there are times where we don't know how exactly, and the Lord will bring someone, another brother or sister in Christ, to help us out. That, that does happen. But there's a second aspect, not so much with the apostles. But look at what just happened in verses 19 and 20. What's it say? There were Jews in Antioch that persuaded the multitudes to stone Paul and drag him out of the city. Okay, so they came to where they were in Iconium, right? Yes. Oh, sorry, in Lystra. Okay? Yes. So, there were people that were against them that followed them there. And then persuaded the people, the multitudes, to kill them. Now, I have many questions. One, if people were confused, right, saying that they yes. were gods, how then do you think you could kill them? If they were who the people said they were, that 
That makes no sense. Right? Yes. Now, pagan false gods, right? Not true, but if they held that belief. Now, Paul and Barnabas are saying, no, we're just people with a like nature or a nature like yours. We are just people. Jesus is the true and living God. Right? Father, yes. Son, Holy Spirit. That, that's it. That's where the power is. That's who has the power and authority to do all these things. That Jesus is the one that died on the cross for your sins so you could come to him and be considered a child, a joint heir with him. But yet, they convinced the people to stone them, to murder them. Right? Yes. But wait, the Lord raised them up. So recognize that. He raised them up. They escaped, if you will, went to the next city. But then what does the Lord do? Do you leave them in the next city? No, he brought them back to former cities. To all the cities that saw him first. So now, wait, under, recognize that, understand that. They are also now a sign and a wonder and a testament of the Lord and his goodness in their life. Because no doubt, those that stone him spread the word. We eliminated that threat to religion, right? Yes. It's not an issue anymore. But yet here is the, the individual that you eliminated, that you thought you killed and removed off the face of the earth, and the Lord raised him up, further demonstrating his power, and now sent him away to all the places that were involved, and in front, no doubt in front of all the people, just like Jesus, right? Yes. The Lord raised him up, and he showed himself to many, right? Yes. Okay, the Lord's doing that exact same thing here in and through Paul, and it's doing what? It's allowing the people to acknowledge the, the power of the Lord, to see that in their presence, right? In their sight. You cannot deny that. And to strengthen and encourage those that have recently come to the faith. And say, hey, it even says in there, right? In verse 22, they exhorted them to continue in the faith, saying, we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. So also in there is demonstrating, look, I'm doing the Lord's will, Paul, right? Saying, yes. I'm putting the Lord's will above my own. I'm here to do his will. Each of you, that's the whole purpose that he has us here is to do his will, to put his will above our own. This is a must. We have to understand this. And even though there are trials and tribulations, right? It's written in scripture, rejoice. Well, why are we rejoicing? Because even if someone thinks it's the end, right? They it think is. they've got one over in you. No, we saw even here, the Lord raised them up from the dead and he continued in doing the work of the Lord. It's no different for us, or it should be no different from us, for us. Bless you, sir. Bless, Bless you. you. So why would we think it's different? 
Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So now they are even, well, I'll say, let's just put it this way. So they were already a sign and a testament to what the Lord, who the Lord is, his nature, his character, and what the Lord is doing and desires. Now they've killed him. But the Lord said, no, it's not done. So how much greater of a sign and testament are they now? How, how much greater is the Lord using them? Their mere presence is a sign for all to see, the whole world to see everywhere they go, especially those that rejected them. And like Cain, rose up and tried to eliminate the message, tried to eliminate God's standard. Everybody recognize that? Yes. It is vitally important because it's the same for us today. But we also see the grace given, right? The, the goodness of God in his grace. Paul and Barnabas didn't, I'll say, shirk off their responsibility, dismiss their responsibility to go back and strengthen those of the faith, even though they'd been persecuted. They went to those exact places. And that what happened with Lazarus? Yes. They were literally just trying to kill him, right? All the, all the, at the time, disciples, at this time that we're talking about now, they're all apostles, but then they say, hey, weren't they just trying to kill you there? And then they, they said, fine, I guess we're all going to go die with them. Hmm. Right? Yes. yes. Don't be afraid of the perceived situation and circumstance. Perceive what the Lord wants you to do and how he intends to use you in that situation and circumstance not just in your life but in the lives of those around you your neighbors yourself those he's placing in front of you which also include the saints those that are in the faith so people can have the opportunity to come into alignment with the Lord and so others can be built up in their faith. They can be encouraged, admonished. But that's a bearing with and growing into maturity. That happens as a result of us testifying and, and being a testimony to and of the Lord. Will we do that for him? And it's not always just by what we say. Sometimes it's literally just our presence. The Lord makes that distinguishable. As he did here. As he did even with uh, us first with Christ. Right? Yes. And but let's also look at that because even Lazarus, right? They sought to kill Lazarus too. Why? Because the Lord raised him from the dead. Yes. Okay. So examine those things. There's no difference. So clearly, all these individuals are moving by a demonic spirit that they have come into alignment and agreement with. Just like Cain. Trying to remove the standard, remove the testament and the testimony of what the Lord is doing and what he desires.
in order to keep others in bondage. But the Lord is our deliverer, and he came that we would have life and a freedom unimaginable. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, we just thank you for your revelation and knowledge that you bestow to us freely, Lord, and that you give it to us, Lord, and that you allow us to understand the things that you're doing, Lord, and that you tell us. And Lord, we also just thank you for the chance to prove ourselves faithful before you, Lord, and to do your work, Lord, and to do what you have for us in life, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for the plans and the destinies that you have for each and every one of us, Lord, and that it is only good, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.